Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Welcome to another episode of My Millennial Property. My name is Emily Wallace, obviously, not John, but John is here. John, how are you going? Very well, Emily. How are you? Very good. We're actually recording, sitting on the couch opposite each other at the moment, which is mm. kind of cool because we're, we're here to have a chat today, really, yes. having a chat between the two of us. Good old yarn. Good old yarn. Yeah. And the topic we're going to cover off on is what to do in a hot market. And it's a pretty loaded question, isn't it? Mm. Red hot. Red hot, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) So, hot market. First of all, I want to start by saying, how do we know if it's a hot market? Mm, Good question. There's a few indicators, actually, that you can look at to define a hot market. The first one that I personally look for, there's two key ones. The first one would be to start seeing a decline in the days, average days on market. Yes. So, we're talking about a property goes online. How long from when it went listed online to when it's sold? That's the days on market. How long has it been available for? And where can we find that information generally? Generally, they're actually just on the listing. Um, Domain and real estate have great coverings on on how long uh, the property's been there for. Uh, So, you can check that out. You can also ask the agent yourself if you wanted to, but the information's freely available to the public as to when it was listed. Yeah. So, conceptually speaking, if we use that as our one and only guide, what what would you say is a, a reasonably warm to hot market? Like how many days on the market? What's it? Um, because there's off market property where it's a f- essentially not listed yet mm. and it gets sold. Mm. They're not the ones we're talking about because no. they don't get recorded essentially as days on market. Um, but from start to finish, what would you say is a good indicator? Look, I think a very, very hot market would be sitting in the less than 15 days. Yeah. As an average, right? Yeah. An average because things sell quicker than that. Mm. A relatively hot market would be sitting between 15 to 25 days on a market yeah. in the major cities. Keeping in mind, we're generalising here. However, there are cities uh, around Australia that their days on market historically have been a lot longer your small towns that don't transact, a f- you know, a lot of property. Yep. yep. But we're talking about the majors here. Yeah. But you could also see in those areas, those regionals where the days on market has come down mm. from what their normal was. So, if their normal was 90 days, yes, it's now down to 60. There's obviously more activity, isn't there? Correct. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. So, that's definitely one metric. Yeah. And before we go on to the next metric of yours... Mm. Uh, so, the day it's listed on realestate.com or domain yep. is day one. Yep. And it gets sold on day 15. Yes. Uh, what's the indicator for that? Is it um, signed contract? Is it 
uh, under contract? Is it settlement? Is it exchange? What do they indicate that as? It's unconditional sale. So uh, it wouldn't count if it was under contract as in under contract would mean that there's still a clause outstanding, whether it's cooling off, building and pest finance. We're talking about this property is deemed sold. So no conditions outstanding. Yeah. So if we reverse engineer that Mm. and the average day is a 15, it basically means if we've got a five to seven day cooling off period, Mm. it means that within seven days, eight days of listing that property, we've got a signed contract. Correct. Yeah, Mm. it's a very, very valid point. Um, And there's varying levels of cooling off. There's varying levels of even, you know, building and pest being met and and finance too. So it's um, the the property data world, there's such a science to it to get it exact, right? Absolutely. But yes, very valid point to reverse engineer. Um, 15 to 20 days on market, could actually be a lot less than that as to when the property was offered on. Yep, going unconditional. Yeah. Yep, cool. Correct. So that's a really good metric to use if you're out there and it's, as you said, it's free information. So it's just time going to search that. Yep. Definitely. What else would we use? So the second metric that I use quite heavily is around tracking vendor expectation versus buyer demand. And what I mean by that is for those of you who are, attending auctions or even watching private sales as they occur, it's looking at, particularly in auction setting, when was the property called as on the market? So on the market means it's hit the vendor's reserve, it's ready to sell Uh versus what the property actually sold for and what the buyer was prepared to pay. Mm. Now, the larger that percentage of the gap between on market and sold price, the hotter the market is. So that's a really good guide when you're at an auction Mm. and and you live in the heart of auction heaven. That's Melbourne. Love it. So (laughs) a lot lot more auctions are held down there. So you can clearly see, right, it's met the reserve and it's sold 30 grand over. So you can work that out as a percentage. When it's private treaty, as in just general um, open homes and put offers buy. Yes. Um, how are we then reading that percentage increase or, or um, re- vendor expectation? So what I would do is actually, if it's got a quoted range, I would take the highest end of the range as my trigger figure. Starting point. Starting point. Yep. Uh, and then to watch what the sales result was. Yep. If it's undisclosed, just call the agent, they'll most likely tell you. Mm. Uh, uh, if it's a single asking price, obviously that's your single asking price and yeah. you can guide it off that. It won't be an exact because the vendor may actually, their mental, even a private sale, their level of where they're going to sell might mm. be slightly higher than what they've quoted, but it's pretty, pretty close. Yeah. And, and interesting to note there, if, if you've got a property on the market that says 850 to 890, mm. they don't want 850. They don't. <laughs> they want eight ninety, don't they? And, exactly. And in some cases above, depending on what type of agent you're dealing with. Yeah. Hello to all the agents uh, listening. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's a great measurement. Is to say right from the eight ninety onwards, what did it sell for? If it sold for eight seventy, then that's the market's neutral or even yep. a little bit fresh. Yeah. If it's nine fifty, then it's game on, hot market. And, and looking at other comparable sales. Definitely. And just to note, there are publications out there, a variety of them that report these. It's known as vendor discounting, whether yep. it's a negative or a positive percentage. Yes. Um, what I would say to our community is when those publications are released, 
they're not they're not real time data. No, they're six to eight weeks behind the eight ball, and that means that you're not actually getting the picture of what's happening right now. So if you're savvy and you're a property nerd and you want to be across it all, create your own spreadsheet. Put a few simple little formulas. I'm not an Excel whiz and I figured it out. Yeah, same. YouTube that stuff, okay? <laughs> yep. YouTube it. How do I make a formula to put, spit out a percentage? You'll figure it out. Yep. Do your own tracking. It'll be much better than anything you can find in a publication. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's a really good point. Six to eight weeks behind or sometimes even more, especially if they're analysed quarterly as well. Yep. So, yeah, you're talking um, RP data for vendor discounting stats or you're talking um, other research centres. So there's, yes, I think the data does come from them in terms of how it's distributed. There's quite an array of online magazines and yep. investor, property investor magazines oh, yep. and subscriptions like that. I still make those things. Yeah. My dad bought me a subscription one year. I really? got a whole 12 months, but he didn't renew. So I haven't had one in a while. <laughs> I didn't get the Christmas present the following year, but yes, they go. do exist. You can pick them up in the airport at the news, at the news agency. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good. Yes. Okay, cool. So there's two really good matrix, matrix, Mm. is that you can use <laughs> is uh, your days on market, yep. seeing it reduce, great indicator and, and also that, well, not vendor discounting but more just what's the vendor want, what does it actually sell for, looking at that difference, um, higher, lower otherwise, you can get a feel for the market. Um, yep. And uh, we'll talk about sort of the markets or what market we're in at the moment or mm. markets but mm. – um, it's interesting, like last week, I was involved in a negotiation process on behalf of a client in a regional centre. It was listed at 360. There'd been one open home and it sold for 410, right? So it was an actual listing price of 360. Right. So in a slow market, 360 or even 350 might have actually bought that property. Yeah, yeah. So 410, 50 grand over what we'd perceive as asking price. Mm. And I spoke to the agent about that and that actually was the asking price. So yep, yep. anything over that is um, we're doing business. So, mm. yeah, 50 grand over on that um, price of property, 50 grand over on $2 million property is very different. Mm. Um, shows us that's a extremely heated market. One other, I guess, obvious factor of determining a, a heated market, but we'll just point it out for, for the benefit of the community, is... Of a very obvious equation of supply and demand mm. and how many, what you should be looking at as an indicator, how many buyers are on one property. Yep. Because if you've got six buyers on one property, that's your competition and that's actually what's driving up the market. Mm. We had a recent one where there was two open homes total. I think it was a total of over 100 groups through over two opens, which is wow. just insane. Um, and this is private sale. Yep. 15 written offers. Extreme. We were the highest to begin with and then people had a right of reply mm. and there were five unconditional offers over the top of ours. The property sold $100,000 more than the top end of the range. Wow. Now, that is a supply and demand equation. In an area that's really sought after, mm. these properties don't come up often, it's heated uh, and what you need to understand as a buyer is the most recent sale since... Uh, sets the benchmark 
for the for the market moving forward. That's how the agent gets their next listing. That's right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that in that example there, that's approximately ten percent over vendor expectations, Correct. isn't it? And which is yeah. similar to, to my example before. Mm. So yeah, yeah that's uh, that's a lot of interest. Uh, one other indicator I use, and it's an easy one that everyone can use, is jumponrealestate.com. Put in your search for a particular suburb and just call it houses, three bedroom, whatever, mm. and see how many are for sale. Mm. And then exclude surrounding suburbs. Yes. But tick under contract slash under offer. Yes. And what that does is you see the difference. Uh, there might be 60 properties for sale. And if I tick that box, uh, it might drop to. 45, mm. right? That shows me the percentage that are under contract at any one time. Definitely. Right? So as an indicator, we, we think 5 to 10% is a, um, a neutral market, yep. right? But at the moment, we're seeing anything from 20 to 40% mm. under contract or under offer at any one time. Yeah. And usually the stuff that's sitting around on the market is either overpriced or undesirable type of dwelling or something that's got a bit of a smell about it. Most definitely. So we've just covered off on a fair few indicators there, actually. There were more than I, than I thought, but it makes a lot of sense of how to tell if it is a heated market. When we come back after this very short break, we're going to talk about what you should be now doing. If you've identified a hot market, now what do you need to be doing as a buyer? We'll be back in a minute. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. We also have a panel of trusted mortgage brokers we can connect you with to get you into your first home, an investment property purchase, or to review your current loan if you don't have a broker. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, we've identified this heated market. It's on fire. And we're a buyer who the timing's right for us to buy and we're really keen to get in. Yep. Time is of the essence, number one. Let's talk through what we need to be doing in a heated market. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one because you can easily be torn mm. 
in your example before the break, we said um, it's you put in the initial offer, yeah, and then it went sixty grand over whatever the amount was. Yes, you could be torn into thinking, well, I'll continue to go up if the borrowing or if the lending allows it. Um, because that's just the the state of the market, mm. and I'll, I'll pay what I need to. Yeah. Um, versus pulling out when you did and trying to get another one at the price you think you should be paying for it, but end up not buying anything because everyone else is paying overs for that property at the time. It's a vicious cycle that, mm. and there's plenty of buyers. I'm sure you'd be the same, but plenty of buyers that call me and say, "Emily, we keep missing out." Yeah. You know what should we be doing? Yeah. And it's a tricky one. It's a, uh, Even it I is. get torn about that. Yeah. Now, I've just come off a win this morning. Oh, we you love wit- a good win. You witnessed I that did. win. I did witness it. Talk <laughs> us through at, it. At the breakfast table. So, it was an off-market property. Good relation with agent. Um, agent said, look, we're probably going to look list that this property. We think it's worth about X mm. and we offered X. Mm-hmm. Because we knew that if it hit the market, <laughs> that everyone else out there would push the price up 20 to 30K. Yep. So my clients got a, an amazing result. Um, we Did we get a discount? No. It's in a hot market, so we're no never going thing. to get a discount anyway. Vendors got what they wanted for it, yep. but we didn't pay too much for it. So what can we do in a market like that is have good relations with buyers agents or real estate agents. Yeah, definitely. The The biggest thing you need to realise, guys, is that when you are in a heated market, time is critical and you actually – your biggest goal is to eliminate your competition. Mm. How do you do that? You need to act fast. You need to get access to things that people – Aren't, other people aren't getting access to it if you can. No. So I'm talking about off-market and pre-market properties. Yep. We'll touch on that in a second. And you need to understand now's not the time to be messing around. It's not a low-ball no. time. to. People will just laugh at you and not take you seriously and it actually won't help your relationship with the agent. Mm. Low-balling in a hot market, I am absolutely against that personally. I think it's just what a waste of time. Don't low-ball. Yeah. yeah, well, the agent's, as you said, going to be off you. Uh, any decent agent anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to be realistic in your expectations, but absolutely ducks in a row. Like if you haven't got pre-approval, don't bother. Yeah, pretty much. And to that point now, obviously, for point of reference, we're recording in in December of 2020. Yep. Um, At the moment, the servicing times, even to get a pre-approval, are way out of whack. If you can be putting unconditional offers forward in a private sale situation, you are going to eliminate immediately a bit of competition. It's a strong position to be in. Chat with your broker before you do so to make sure they're comfortable uh, about putting forward an unconditional offer. But that's a really great way to knock out a few people um, because in a hot market, vendors don't want to wait 14 days for that finance clause to pull through. I can tell you that right now. No, absolutely. So when you're putting in an unconditional offer – you're signing the uh, signing the contract. There's no turning back. Mm. Put down your deposit. Uh, if you get a building and pest and it comes back smelly, yeah, what do we do? So, well, first and foremost, if it is something that we think we have a real shot at, personally, we actually do building and pest before we put the offer in, so we can. Yep. Write down our reasons why it is that. But if you were to do it in the reverse and you got a building and pest after, 
to be honest with you, there's not many circumstances where you can get a win off that and get a discount off what you've already paid. You've already mm. put forward your premium price and what you're prepared to pay. If you found out the property needs restumping and it's going to cost you 40K, mm, I'm sorry, up. but vendors, vendors sold yeah. on the price you sold it at. Yeah, for sure. And, and But furthermore to that, if a building and pest comes back when you've gone unconditional and it's a game changer as though I actually don't want to buy this house mm. now, then that's where you're up the creek without a paddle, aren't you? So just know that in a hot market, absolutely great strategy to go unconditional, but you need to know what you're buying. The only loophole I can think, I'm thinking out loud here, the only loophole around that and each state and territory is different, but if you pull out within the cooling off period with a valid reason, that is, I guess, an exit for you to get yep. out of it. Yep. But obviously there will be money at stake because there'll be a certain percentage of deposit that they are allowed to keep legally from what you've signed. So yes. check with your state and territory rules mm. around that and be across it. But look, the long short of that is make sure you've done all your due diligence before you go forward and put an unconditional offer. Yeah. Um, don't yeah. get too excited. We want to be excited. We want to act swiftly, but we yeah. don't want to jump the gun. Yeah, that's right. So... Uh, one thing you raised there, which is um, interesting, one is putting getting a building and pest done before we submit an unconditional offer. Yep. Uh, knowing that five others could submit higher offers than you, and that building and pest has been a waste of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's personally a cost of doing business in a hot market. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to do that, I would say right, stay out of that market mm. and come back in six months' time or go into another market that has maybe better opportunity where you can play Um, because, yeah, a lot of people have objections about spending that sort of money on something they're not guaranteed to get a result from. If I can offer a good halfway mark on that, I hope this is helpful to people listening. Mm. If there are other other parties involved who are looking to place an offer and they've also requested a building and pest inspection, you can go halvesies. Go halvesies, yeah. 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 And a lot of vendors do have the building and pest, don't they? They've already got it done yeah. to hand to the uh, agent. I'm 50-50 with that. The, the bottom line of that is, I actually had this conversation with someone last week. They were yep. sceptical about the owner providing the building and pest report. Yep. The point of the matter is, it's a third-party provider who has no vested interest on either side of the fence. Mm. And legally, they have to disclose everything they find in that property. Yes. Otherwise, you can somewhat sue them. Yes. So I understand there's a bit of scepticism around mm. the bought building and pest, but just keep an open mind if you can, uh, if you're considering that because yep. um, at the end of the day, the company can't do the wrong thing. No, absolutely. So we'll touch upon auctions in a moment because yep. I know that's your specialty in Melbourne. So we're going to touch on that. But my recommendation in a hot market is aggression. Yeah. Now, aggressive. Not not putting the the um, <laughs> boxing gloves on. Okay. <laughs> but getting out there with multiple offers in quick succession, knowing yep. that you got your pre-approval, as we mentioned. Yep. Knowing what your criteria is, um, spending the time to analyse the market, knowing what you should be paying for something. As soon as they list offers, uh, have your conditions as you need it, uh, but. You might have four or five offers running mm-hmm. at any one time is what I'm referring yeah. to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, also, just to, to touch on that, in addition, understand what the vendor wants because, yes, money is a factor and this is at any time of the market, 
but you want your offer to be as attractive as possible. Vendor wants flexible settlement, offer them flexible settlement, particularly if you're a first-time buyer. Um, vendor wants a higher deposit so they can go on and purchase their next property. If you can do it, do it. You need yeah. to make it as attractive as possible. It's not actually about you. Yeah. It's about satisfying the vendor whilst keeping you relatively happy. Yeah, it's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah. So auction time in a hot market. Mm. 30, 40, 50 couples turn up or partners or singles or whoever they are. Yes. All with their paddle in their hand. Yes. All registered. Uh, How do we combat not paying too much for a property in a hot market at an auction? It's a very tricky one and I see see first-time buyers, second-time buyers get so swept up in that process, you know, just one more bid, just one more bid. First and foremost – Again, this applies in any market, but write down your limit and agree to it. Understand in a hot market, you're not going to buy the property in the quoted range. That's not going to happen. It's quoted 8 to 8.50. It's going to probably enter the nines in a hot market. So understand that and work out your, and you're going to have to do a bit of research yourself if you're not using a, a buyer's agent or a buyer's advocate, work out where it sits that it is not overpaying for the property. Because you've got to, you've got to make sure what you pay at auction actually stacks up on paper, right? It's a big risk. So my my tips to you bidding at auction in a heated market: pick a price point and stick to it. Understand that you may miss out. Okay, it's hot. Also, though, in the same breath, work out the opportunity cost because that auction result sets the benchmark for the next and the next. If you're rising. You might be better paying 2 to 3% more than what you're intending on paying because that's the way the market's going and it's going to get there in two months anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting position to be in and, and again, need some, I suppose, some re, uh, st- strong research or some mm. expertise around it to, to ensure that you don't just wildly put your hand up and, and uh, end up paying for something that we haven't got finance for or can't handle repayments on. Um, but yeah, going through that market and and not seeing any relief is sometimes very frustrating is, is you've missed out on five auctions or you've put in 10 offers and they're all been way under uh, or you can't afford what you're actually, uh, the, the area you're in now because the market's moved on past you. So I think two, two um, bits of advice there. Number one is a hot market's not going to last forever. So understanding there'll be a finish to that and it'll start to cool and it'll be back to normal again. Um, prices don't continue to go up, up um, at the rate that you think. And then the second part of it is you may have to shift the goalposts. You may have to decide, I'm in this market, I'm looking, I've got 800 to spend or 700 or 400. Um, that market has now passed me. I'm going to have to go into a maybe an inferior um, suburb or an inferior dwelling. Readjust. And for some people, and we've done an episode on um, the concept of rent vesting, for some people it's actually the shift between, you know what, now's not the time to buy our first home, Mm. but we do have the capacity to purchase something. We actually might rent vest for two to three years before we make that flip. um, We'll put it in the show notes, but we have done an episode previously on the pros and cons of rent vesting, if that's a conversation you need to have. But I think the biggest thing, as you touched on there, is readjusting expectations. Uh, because if your money doesn't match what you thought you could buy, 
uh, and it's not likely to change anytime soon, you're going to have to shift something. I think they call that champagne taste on beer money. Yep. Mm. Very true. Happens a lot in a hot market. So, and, and understanding that markets are different right around the country, aren't of they? Of course. Right? Of but, course. Oh, I don't know. In, in my 20 years of investing and monitoring markets around the country, I haven't seen before so many hot markets at the moment in, mm. in the housing at the same time. markets at the same time mm, uh, in definitely. my experience. So, yeah, the, it's very interesting time. Great if you've bought property 12 months ago, two years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago in those areas, yeah. um, but challenging if we're trying to buy in a hot market. But hopefully we've given you uh, some tips and tricks to think about. And, and a lot of it is from the neck up, isn't it? Thinking about how we're strategically going to play it out so that we don't pay too much for it. Yep. And uh, think about the opposition and, and do more than what uh, what the rest of the opposition are doing. If you want different results, you're going to have to act differently to the to the norm. Mm. So definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. Certainly hope there's been some some key takeaways for you in today's episode, um, John. Maybe in the future we could do what to do in a cold market because that would be a very different conversation. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> it, we might be talking about that in winter. Yeah, yeah. in winter. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> we'll sit by the fireplace and and talk through the cold market. Yeah. But for now, that's a wrap on what to do in a hot market. Mm. Uh, John and I are always keen to deliver on what you'd like to learn more about. So if you have any questions for us, please make sure to put them in the My Millennial Money Facebook page. Tag us. We'll check them out. We do quite a few Q&A sessions. So if they're shorter questions, we'll answer them. We'll give you a shout out. And while we're here, if you are a fan of the podcast, Mm. fan, a listener, one of the community members, and you really enjoy it, it would make our day, our week, our month if you wouldn't mind posting a little review just to let us know what you love the most. Or on the flip side, yep. you've got some some feedback for us. Yes. So that lightly, feedback. <laughs> no, we're open to feedback. If you have some feedback, um, put it in there as well. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. No, thank you for support. Good to chat. Good to chat. We'll speak with you next week. Okay, bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorised representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services licence 451289.